So as we're going into uh, the Word this morning, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, I feel that the Holy Spirit call, calls an audible on me and gives me something different to share than I had prepared. And I had prepared a sermon, uh, but God gave me a word that I feel is for us as a church at this time, where we're at, what we're doing. And I will tell you, you know, this is not an everyday occurrence for me, but every once in a while I know how God speaks, and I just think it's a powerful thing because we have the written word, which is amazing, inspired by God, useful in every way, um, powerful. Then you have the Holy Spirit, uh, and you have the living word, the logos, Jesus Christ. And when the living word and the written word come together, bam, it's powerful. You know, it's a powerful thing. That's kind of what I experienced. I, 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 I had a very, um, I had a dream that I've had before. This is the third time I've had this particular dream. I don't have spiritual dreams too often. Um, see, I'm trying to make you understand this is not for pastors only when I say those things. I'm not trying to downplay myself. I'm trying to say this is just for everybody. We hear from God through many different ways, and one of the ways is dreams. Throughout the whole Old Testament and New Testament, there's no reason to think God doesn't still do this. And I had this dream, and in this dream, I go to this certain place, uh, common place that I've been to in three other dreams I can remember in the last five years. And it's very familiar and very, very warm. And then as I'm at this place, I get, uh, get a Bible verse from God, and I wake up. And uh, I didn't think the Bible verse existed. I, I, I know I should have known that there were seven chapters in Micah. But I didn't. I, I was under the impression that there was only like four or five chapters in the book of Micah. And so I'm, I'm, I wake up. I know I've had this dream. I have that warm feeling when you've had a very vivid dream. And I open my, my phone, which is, you know, my nearest spiritual companion at this moment, apparently. And I open up the Bible Gateway app. And I look up the book of Micah. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you know, it's seven chapters. So there's your seminary <laughs> It's pretty bad for a pastor. I mean, you should fire me. I had, I had no idea there were seven chapters. If I had asked you this morning how many chapters are in Micah, who would have been able to answer? Be honest. Yeah, Pat could have. I know you could have. There are lots of people that are more well-read and spiritual than me. It's no question. So God gave me Micah 7.1. And uh, I was kind of excited about it the way that you're excited about Christmas, you know, opening up a present. I thought... I'll take some time later and look this up and see what it says. For whatever reason, I put it off for a couple days, which is really weird. Um, but I, I finally got to a place and I read it, and God really spoke to me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this reading. I'd like to read the verse and just let you take it in and think about it for yourself. That's all I want to do. But I have a couple different experiences I want to relate to you that maybe will... Uh, Bring, bring light to this. I got, you ever get just ridiculously, you know, upset for not a good reason? When you're expecting one thing and then it's not there? And so, I, I think I, I had mowed the lawn and I have these uh, soda stream, right? It's a soda stream machine. You can make your own carbonated water. I make seltzer with mine because I don't need the sugar. I really don't. Um, but, but since Jackie got uh, pregnant and is now carrying our fourth child, 
she, seltzer is like the one thing that makes her feel better. Like it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like medicine, drinking this particular seltzer that we make in the soda stream. It's really big for her. So I have three of these one liter bottles in the fridge and I keep them cold and everything. And she's just been going through this stuff like, like mad. And which is great because it's something that really helps. But I came in from like mowing the lawn and I opened the fridge and I'm like, where are my seltzer bottles? I've been, I've been fantasizing about drinking this seltzer the whole time I'm mowing the lawn. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to drink two liters of that and I have three in the fridge. But she had drank them because she, it makes her feel better and that's great and I'm glad she did. But I was like, no! <laughs> I was so disappointed and I was like, oh, if you, now that we're both drinking these things, if you could just like uh, refill them and put them back in the fridge, that'd be great. It's just, it was ridiculous. And it's not a big deal. But you get the idea. You're expecting something. You're excited about it. You need it, in your mind anyway. And it's not there. And especially when it's something like cold water after mowing the lawn. In, and I have to wear, like, mafia-style track pants and long sleeves and gloves and ski masks to keep the poison ivy off my body because I'm very allergic to it. So I dress up like crazy. I'm really hot. Uh, second story that came to mind is uh, Jackie and I were having a really cool time together. We went off to, 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 uh, to a, uh, a little overnight getaway, which is really much needed and much appreciated. Uh, back in May? May? I think it was back in May. And we, we had included in this package like a three-course meal. Or was it, four courses with dessert, right? Appetizer, salad entree. I mean, it was a crazy meal. We ate it over like three days. We had like these heavy shopping bags full of food we left the restaurant with. It was awesome. And it was really, really good food. Jackie's a foodie. She, I didn't know that when I married her, but she's a foodie. Um, and she what, saw on the menu, you can get bananas foster. She was totally pumped by that. It's a good story to tell, right? <laughs> Can't stop now. You should always, whenever you're public speaking, run things by your spouse when she's involved in the stories. I know this. I know that. But this is an impromptu sermon because I, God told me to do something different. So here we are. Um, so Bananas Foster, she orders it on the menu, and we're like, we'll just bring it back to the room and have it later. And she was so excited about it because Bananas Foster. Have you had Bananas Foster? It's awesome. So... We open it up, and it is, like, really disappointing. It is not Bananas Foster. It's, like, Bananas Bad. What would you, <laughs> what would you call it? Banana Soup. So take a, it's like, take a cup of water, warm water, add bananas, warm bananas, mix it together, <laughs> in the micro, put it in the microwave, and then you have Bananas Foster. It was, like, so profoundly disappointing to her because she was looking forward to it Ex in an extreme way. She's like, I can't eat much at dinner. You know, I'm feeling kind of full, but I'm waiting for this. I'm so excited about it. And then the disappointment hit. So we recovered. We were able to still have a nice time. But it was a close one, you know. That's good stuff. So these stories, of course, illustrate the sense of excitement and anticipation and then disappointment. And uh, a lot of times we don't think about this because we always talk about seeking after God and, and practicing spiritual disciplines to, to go after God. But one thing that our small group book talks about that we're going through right now and one thing that, you know, is impressed upon me this morning 
is that, you know, God is longing after us. And God is seeking after us. Just read the parable, some of the parables in the book of Luke. You know, the, the shepherd searching for his sheep, the, the, the woman searching for the coin. This is the, the heart of the Father heart of God as our Heavenly Father. He is longing for us. We often think to ourselves, there's my life with God over there, the vibrant, powerful, peaceful, um, exciting life with God over there, and I'm over here. I need to build a bridge to get over there. And, I need, and we think to ourselves, we need to build every single part of that bridge. But no, I mean, God is equally seeking after us. That's a huge thing that people miss. Do you feel that, that God wants you as a person? Mind, body, soul, spirit? He does. That's God's heart. And yes, we do practice disciplines. We pray, we... We, we are part of fellowship. We, we, we fast. We talk about that in the book. We do all kinds of different disciplines. But we're not, you know, trying to manipulate God into coming and visiting with us. He wants, he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to draw near to us. That's his heart. I love the verse, and I've held on to this verse for a long time. Um, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, from the book of James. It's just like any other rule of the universe, like gravity. You draw near to God, he draws near to you. And coupled with that is, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What often, of course, keeps us from even drawing near to God is our, our sin problems that we just keep struggling with and we feel distant from God. But that verse is so encouraging. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. You know, this is, we create space for God and God fills it. That's what this book is about that we're reading in our small groups. So I want to share with you a verse that God gave me. And this is what I believe is for us this morning. I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you a few minutes to meditate on it and ask God to speak it to you in a, in a really participatory way. And I just want you to see uh, the heart of God for us. What misery is mine? I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat. None of the early figs that I crave. The faithful have been swept from the land. Not one upright person remains. I want you to reflect on this. God is the one who gathers the summer fruit. And he is looking for something that he can't find. Think about how this applies to your life this morning. God the Father is looking for something. He's looking for you. He's coming into the vineyard of the world, hoping and expecting some of those early figs and those clusters of grapes. He's not finding people who totally want to connect with him like he wants to connect with them. And I just feel like the word of God for us this morning um, is, is to encourage us, not to condemn us. To say, I'm looking for you. 
Here I am. I'm, I'm in my field. Where are the people who want a relationship with me? Where are those people? Where are those people that will, that will make me a priority in their life? Where are those people that will turn from stupid junk that doesn't satisfy and find the rushing wave of God crashing on their lives? Where are those people that want the peace and power of God and the presence of God um, badly enough to turn from those trivial things that captivate us? And as God looks at the body of New Life Fellowship, it is my prayer, again, this is a very positive prophecy, I think, it is my prayer that as we seek him together, for everything that he is, as we make him a priority, as we seek his face, as we even forsake some of the things that we need in order to seek hard after him and make that space for him. I think God wants to show us that he is the bread of life. Jesus said when he was fasting to his disciples, they said, aren't you hungry, Master? And he said, I have bread you know nothing about. And God has bread for us that the world knows nothing about. And no one who seeks after the Lord earnestly is going to be put to shame. Because you remember, it's not us building this massive bridge to get to this place with God only. Yes, we have our part, but he is building towards us. Hard. Harder than we're building towards him. Think about this. However much you're seeking God right now, and I don't know because I don't know you, 100%, God is seeking you much harder than you're seeking him right now. That's true. Our only job in all of this is to just remove those barriers. I love how Paul says, you know, throw off the sins that so easily entangle. Throw off the busyness. Throw off the, the distractions. Um, and press on to receive the prize. So in the coming days, as we are seeking God in our small groups, as we are seeking God in the Holy Spirit weekend, as we are seeking God in the fall festival and, and giving and pouring out ourselves for our community, uh, as we make that space for him, may we become that vineyard that's pleasing to the Lord. That he stoops down and looks, looks into New Life Fellowship and he finds those clusters of grapes and those early figs. He finds, like when we worship, like he gets something from it. You know, that would be awesome. We always think about what, what we're going to get from worship and coming to church. But he comes down, he finds what he was looking for. The eyes of the Lord roam the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully his. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. We just need to do our part remove those barriers, create that space, and seek after God knowing that he is seeking harder after us than we are after him. 
May we be the vineyard that makes glad the heart of the Father in Saratoga Springs. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. We're going to close with a song, and and let's make this a song, an offering uh, to the Lord, uh, pleasing in his sight. And let's continue seeking after him hard in our small groups, in our services, in our prayer meetings, uh, in in our service to the community, making that space for him. as you leave. Heavenly Father, I pray for the blessing of a heart that seeks after you hard. For each of your sons and daughters here and each of the children that are not in this room but are in the building, every teacher, every person that's a part of this church or has been a part of this church or will be a part of this church, you would give us a heart to seek after you through the grace we have in Jesus, knowing that you are seeking harder after us. That when you come into your vineyard, you would find those grapes and those figs which are so refreshing to you, God. Whatever that looks like. Uh, We love you. We thank you that we are your children. And we do come to you by, by your grace, saying thank you for the cross. And let us live lives of seeking after you. And may we be a church that's characterized by seeking after you. Fill us with your spirit afresh. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are dispersed. Go and be the church. Sign up for a small group.